So yeah, we're going to uh, give you some information on the latest release. And Kate's with me here today. I'm Sean, and this is release 66, which comes out the first of November. And a lot of the first uh, items are to do with readability. Kate, can you tell us a little bit about readability and, and run through some of the new uh, features that are within that? Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me here today, Sean. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so readability was a new feature that we added to uh, to QA uh, back in release uh, 64. Uh, and basically what it is, it's an addition to the QA tool, which allows us to give the customers an indication about how readable the pages are on their website. And yeah. in here we're, we're talking about uh, not just flagging up actual issues, broken links or misspellings, it's giving them uh, a heads up that they also have to address the actual content that they have on the pages on their website. Uh, what we've done is we've used a number of standard readability tests uh, that we run uh, and we identify the content on the pages uh, and we give them some some results based on these uh, these standard tests yeah. um, so basically you're saying that a website should not be too difficult to read exactly yeah. it's it, it's giving them they should also consider the type of content the way that they write uh, on the web mm. uh, they should also be uh, it's uh, it has an accessibility issue uh, related to it as well that uh, that things should be easy to read uh, especially if you're addressing a wide public if you're a public sector organization mm -hmm. um, and you should also think about how difficult it is uh, to read any of your content uh, people read differently when they read online um, mm. and and generally the reading level is surprisingly low uh, for the for a large percentage of the population so it's something that if you're concerned about quality assurance of your website, then readability should uh, should be part of that. I think it's a cool feature. Uh, but then there was a few tweaks added lately, uh, one here called the so light content flag. So if there's not a lot of content on the page, um, that, tell me a bit about that. What's that? Additional feature. Yeah, this is just a, this is just a little addition. Actually, uh, it wasn't uh, really based on on feedback, but it's based on a, on a, a, a reaction to how we could see the scores were being generated, and we can see there was a direct correlation to when there is a very light content on the page. Are you talking maybe just uh, just uh, yeah one sentence possibly, uh, and when it has some of these uh, these triggers uh, that will make the the resulting score of one of these readability test high, so a long word or a polysyllabic word. Yeah. If there's a small amount of content, you've got one of them, invariably you're going to get a very high score. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times our users, they're just looking for the worst pages. Which are the worst ones? Which ones do we want to start with? Yeah. Um, and then it can be a little bit confusing if they then go into the page report and there's hardly anything there on the page. So it's basically just a heads up to the yeah. end user. Um, we haven't looked at a lot of content. Use your common sense and have a look at the content and make changes if, uh, if needed. Yeah, so it's just a warning. You'd probably be better to address the pages with a lot more content first that have a higher score than one of the light pages. Exactly. What about grouping words on a page report added for readability? That's in the, is that in the left-hand menu of the page report? Yeah, exactly. This is uh, and this is a follow-on. This is actually something that we considered in the first release back in '64, and we actually did it for sentences, for long sentences. So it's kind of your traffic light uh, way of, of of implementation. Again, we know a lot of our users just want to be they want to know about the worst things. What are the things we should be looking at first? Yeah. Uh, so we went with the traffic light scenario with long sentences. So we highlighted the really long ones in red and then amber. And then we did blue, uh, which was a kind of like uh, just a, um, yeah, information type of highlighting. Uh, received well. Um, and what it also enabled us to do with the sentences is only highlight those ones that fell into the four categories. 
Um, what we could see with the long words, with the polysyllabic words, is that when we didn't split them up into categories, we highlighted all of them on the page. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can imagine that you have a lot of long words, a lot of polysyllabic words on your page, you'll get more or less a block blue highlight on the page report, which is a little hard to, uh, to navigate yeah. around. So now we've, we've implemented four uh, groups for long words and also for uh, polysyllabic words. Mm -hmm. And basically it's, uh, again, your traffic light highlighting and only highlights the ones that fall into the individual uh, categories. Yeah. So, um, and it really basically means that the, the really long words, and you're talking over 19 characters here, mm -hmm. are gonna be highlighted in red. Um, and with polysyllabic words, you're talking six syllables or more. So you really are highlighting words that, uh, that really should be addressed by the, uh, by the end user. It's also a little help uh, to some of our European uh, markets as well, um, because we appreciate the uh, over six characters is, is nothing in relation to some of the languages that we use. So it also groups some of the really long words in, uh, in some of the other languages as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's a way so that when people are looking at the page report, they don't get overwhelmed by the amount of words that are being highlighted. Uh, and they can digest the information in small bites, I suppose, or they can organize it in, in different groups of types of words. Exactly, cool. exactly. Uh, for anybody, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the notes, uh, the release notes are available on the intranet, which you can get through the sales system, uh, through SISI. So, uh, Kate mentioned back in 64, I thought you were talking about 1964, <laughs> but she's actually talking about release 64, so you can check the information about all the different releases and the images on the release notes on the internet. So there was two other items under quality assurance, the two new features. There was the page inspector, so we, a little known fact was that we had a, a detailed information on each page, and now that's been moved into what's called the page inspector. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And uh, we'll keep it as short as possible for these two <laughs> items because we know people have limited time. Yes, of course I will. So this is, uh, I mean, this is a big thing for for us uh, within the QA, and I know that uh, uh, generally in, in CX it's been very well received, but it's a section within QA when we basically give the details for an individual page in a similar way that we do for the whole of the website when you're looking at the full tool. Yeah. Uh, we did have the, uh, the section uh, available within the tool, but it was on an old platform. We've now placed it on a new platform, um, and it's just, uh, it, it presents the data better. We haven't implemented anything new specifically in regards mm -hmm. to it but we've uh, we've uh, inlined it with all of the additional things that we've included for the QA project so you've got some language information you've got some readability information it's basically look focusing on one page and getting all of the stuff that you normally get for the whole website yeah and you got the menu bar on the left then and that's specific to that individual page so if you click on links you just see the links on that page exactly everything yeah. relates directly to the page that you've selected yeah. we, we love that page in support because people often ask well how did you find this broken link on my website and you can go to that uh, which is now called the page inspector and you can see the route that people took uh, from the home page or that our crawler took to get to that link on your website so it's a great great page and then the other one was the oh yeah so in the readability scores you used to give a score uh, of readability for the pages on the site in that in that area but if if some pages didn't have a readability score for some reason you didn't list them but now we do what was that about? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, good question, Sean. Um, no, this is uh, this is actually relating to when again when we were going live with the with the readability. It was pointed out that actually if you exported the data that we produced within the readability, you invariably wouldn't get a hundred percent of your pages. You'd have a a missing gap. Maybe it would say eighty percent of your pages, yeah. and it could potentially lead to people saying, "Well, what about the other twenty percent? What happened to them?" So we basically want to give a full picture within the readability. This obviously will potentially open up questions in regards to why yeah. haven't you? Um, in, scored a page I would say that I actually gave a response directly to this question in the product quality assurance slack channel yeah. uh, if you want to read that response that I gave um, I think it was Chelsea that asked the question uh, but a quick summary is basically to say that uh, there are going to be pages on a website where we can't calculate a readability score. Um, if you've got a if you've got a page which just has a, a table with some bullet point words and we can't address anything that mm. relates as content then we can't give a readability score and it would be incorrect for us to do so yeah. uh, because it would also be very confusing for the end user so there are pages on the website we just won't try yeah that makes sense a page with one word and one image exactly not much point giving a readability score for that so we'll move on now uh, as you might have heard we're very near the coffee machine here <laughs> and there's some strange noises going on in the background hopefully they won't all be picked up by the microphone uh, but the next part of Release 66 is some platform-related uh, information. Uh, so the first one was actually a joint venture between CX and the platform team. And it's updates to the Help Center, which you've probably seen by now or heard about. So the Help Center have got a facelift, uh, so it looks, it looks nicer and fresher. And there's some new features within searchability within the Help Center and uh, easy access to links on the new Help Center homepage. So please check that out. And also within the tool itself, uh, previously you used to get to the help center uh, using a link on the bottom left hand side of the menu, but now it's on the top menu bar, so there's a drop down to the most frequent areas visited within the help center. And uh, so you just go to the top, click on support, and then you get to the drop down, and it brings you to that relevant section within the help center. So please have a look at that. And um, the other one in platform was that uh, often we hear from uh, clients and also from our CX colleagues that it's difficult to find out who is getting a report but now that in the uh, scheduled report list there's a search box and you can type the name or email address of a person in that search box and then you'll find out any reports will be listed then that they are scheduled to receive so if you want to see does Bob uh, get a report you go to the scheduled reports uh, table and then uh, search for his name and you'll see all the reports that he uh, should uh, be receiving. Um, yeah, so that's a real valuable feature, I think. And there was two other items uh, that I'll probably get Kate to talk about, which is uh, within the policy part of the tool. And the first one is filtering in the policy library. So can you talk a little bit about that? Or I guess maybe everybody knows what policy is at this stage. Um, but yeah, so people may have certain types of information that they want to search for on their website. For example, is my company name always spelt uh, with a capital letter at the beginning? And you can set up a policy for that. But we have a policy library of useful policies that people often want to use. 
and now we've introduced filtering into that library as well. So can you tell us a bit about that? I certainly can, Sean. Yeah, so basically this is, uh, this is focused on, uh, on the policy library. So this is the really great uh, library that we have within policy, which facilitates a lot, of, uh, a lot of our salespeople in order to sell the idea of the policy service that we have within the tool. Um, so it's basically a pre-baked policies. It's, you're the ones that uh, the templates are already there and the customer just needs to activate them. Um, it's been a huge success uh, and we've had a lot of input uh, internally about additional library policies that we can implement. Uh, but the list just gets longer um, and it's getting harder and harder to get an actual overview about all of the templates that are available for mm -hmm. our end user. So this is basically the start of a project that Nivelai has been working on with the policy team to facilitate some filtering of this, uh, of this list. And the two things that have been implemented with this release is that you can uh, see all policies relating to a specific topic or you can see all policies relating to a specific service. It's a very uh, general start. So service, you're talking uh, QA policies, SEO policies, accessibility policies. But it's basically been implemented because that's what we've got at yeah. the moment. The project now is to is to group the templates uh, in other ways as well, ones that relate more to our to our end user, for example. Um, so you could have uh, potentially have a language-based policies all grouped together. You could have ones that fall into the category of uh, web standard templates or something like that. Uh, and Nikolai's doing a lot of research uh, based on what our sales and, uh, and support come up with uh, yeah. to make uh, this uh, tags and policies and make this more and more uh, usable. So it's going to make uh, policies that people want to use, useful policies, easier to find. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Cool. That sounds great. And uh, there's some images related to that in the release notes as well. And the last uh, policy improvement was new page language rule. Yep. <laughs> what is that again? So this is getting into a bit more into the nitty gritty of the policy. And I, I know that, uh, that a lot of you don't actually venture more into there. If you're able to sell policy uh, based on the, uh, the report library, then that's, uh, then that's fantastic. But this is going a bit more into the nitty gritty about what you're able to do within policy. So this is under the content section and it's basically a new rule that's been implemented and it's a new rule utilizing the data that we have in quality assurance. So in quality assurance, we have what we call ALD, which is automatic language detection. Mm -hmm. We can detect the languages, uh, up to three languages that we see on individual pages on the website. Yeah. As part of that, we can also see the percentage of the content that is written in each of these languages. So what this rule enables you to do on one level, it enables you to set up a language policy for your website. So if you wanted to, uh, that uh, German had to be on all of your uh, pages of your website, that could be part of your policy. And you could have pages flagged up where we didn't detect German, for example. You can also go a little further. Uh, you can actually set up a percentage of the content of the page. Uh, again, uh, we've actually heard on the German market. So you might be that you uh, maybe you should always have 30% uh, of your pages written in, or, or no, sorry, the German market is probably a bad example, but definitely the Swiss market, mm -hmm. maybe the American market in regards to Spanish. We have a lot of markets where they're asked to also facilitate another uh, language group yeah. uh, or language demographic. Now, on the government websites in Ireland, it's a legal requirement, I think, that you should have the information in Irish as well as yeah. in English. So they could use this rule to, to flag pages that they didn't have any version of Irish in or pages that didn't contain any Irish. 
issues. Yes, and it's leading up to that. There's a number of uh, languages that are available right now uh, in regards to this. Uh, I don't have the overview. Again, it's in the it's in the release notes. Uh, but that's basically what you're we're talking about as well. We have heard it from a number of countries where they're just by law. Uh, they should be having a certain percentage of their pages written in uh, in one of the languages, that's and that's what uh, that's what we're working towards. So it's another uh, powerful policy rule. Um, so just we're going to finish up now. But if you've liked this, then please let us know. If you've got this far to the end of the file, please let us know. But the plan is that we'll listen back to this audio, see if we think it's useful. <laughs> if it is, you'll be listening now. Uh, but in the future, we're going to look back at other releases that went before and we're going to have other people involved to tell us uh, how useful different features within the tool are and hopefully to enable salespeople to make it easier for them to talk about the, the services we provide and also for the, the CX guys to learn more about uh, new releases and uh, new information. So thanks very much, Kate. You're and, welcome. Uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you in the near future. I'm sure you and, will. Uh, thanks for listening.